The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my co-captain, Jim Dietz. Hello, I'm old and I'm taking up space. Hey, I'm going to keep using that joke. He's back. He's playing the classics. He's playing the classics. This Mm. installment of Old Space Show continues our episode-by-episode travelogue. This time through the second season of Space 1999, where the moon is knocked out of orbit, wandering through outer space, the population of its human-built colony hoping to stumble upon a new home. Today, we're talking about the first episode, The Metamorph. Terror from a doomed planet, a planet of death, despite advanced scientific knowledge, but a new life for a beautiful girl who has learned the secrets of molecular transformation. All right. Just a reminder on this episode, I'm not going to do it every time, but we are going through these on the order that they are on the Shout Factory Blu-ray release of this, or as we found a per- production order. So if, if you're if you, it's not matching up to you, you're probably looking at like a broadcast order or something like that. It's tripped me and Jim up through season one and season two, but you never knew about it. So... Uh, that's just how we're doing it again. And uh, so we're on the Metamorph today, directed by Charles Crichton, who you remember directed plenty of them last uh, in Series 1, written by Johnny Byrne, also a Series 1 vet. And we're here. There's a lot that changed here between Season 1 and Season 2, Jim. A lot that changed. Absolutely. First of all, theme music, totally different. The yeah. opening is totally different. The entire premise of the show is spelled out in uh, like teletype, 70s computer teletype uh, um, subtitles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, moon blasted in a time in nuclear blast, you know, all in all, all caps, new theme song. And then also no Victor. Victor is gone. Yeah, we have been not even a mention of, of where he went mm-hmm. or what happened. We, we are bidding farewell to Bergman, Kano, Paul. And after the first two episodes, Matthias, Dr. Matthias, will be gone. Yeah. the We still got Alan. We still, we still yeah. got Sonia. Which I read, Alan was supposed to go, but he was a fan favorite and they just could not. Like they didn't, they, they he had, um, I guess, good response. Uh, the fans loved him. So they kept him. So yeah, well, let's write upon pressing play to watch this we have a new opening we have a new theme song and it is like the this is like the don't bore us get to the chorus version of space 1999 <laughs> it's and there's definitely not only that there's a title refresh there's some fx refreshes too i've noticed yeah. like there are a lot of new fx shots that are in the not only the opening credits but in the show too and mm-hmm. then uh in the the only the three that get top billing are martin landau barbara bain 
and then Catherine Shell, who starts mm-hmm. off as Maya in this episode, and then no one else. Right. There's no, no one else in the crowd. It was it was Bergman three. last. It was just Bergman last time though. So she's replaced Shell has replaced right. him. Uh but yeah, and each of them in action uh poses freeze framed. Like if you notice, it's like, oh no, we aren't we aren't that 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 dull, boring show from last time where they just stood there with their arms crossed. There she's running <laughs> down a hall and he's blasting a gun. And, and look, that lady turned into a tiger. Wow. <laughs> Ladies aren't supposed to do that. You don't know who she is yet, but keep using that. she's here. Right. You have no no clue. We find out this episode. But um, they keep they, they start. This is the first time you see that effect that they use when she changes, where they look at a picture of her inside of an iris of an eye. Mm-hmm. And they zoom in, they zoom out, and she's changed or whatever. So that's like her signature effect, I guess. Right. To let us know that she... That's not just the lion in the room. That's her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the the theme song is not bad, but it's no like you'll forget it like after you watch the episode. The first one, like that's a that's an all time sci fi banger, right? For series one, could we agree on that? Or I agree. the The first one is far more dramatic too. Mm-hmm. It really sets more tension. Like this one is kind of just like noodly seventies jazz guitar, and that's fine. Yeah, I like you, that. I'm just gonna say, like you said, it's just very forgettable. It's it's like they. I feel like we're watching like let's put it in syndication, but it's too long. We need to redo something version of it. Right. Like, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Plus, I, um, I I don't. It's really it really seems compacted. Like the new um compared to the the uh earlier version of the credits it just seems like like you said you know don't bore us get to the course it just seems like you almost rush through it all and it's like boom space d99 here it is yeah they must have been trying, must have been trying to not lose people because the old show opened with it had a cold open then went to the credits and then to commercial now it's open show hook commercial so they're Wait. trying to reverse it um the show what it, it was canceled after season one um but at the end of the rope, they're like, all right, we, you listen to us doing these changes. We'll, uh, we'll bring you back. And, uh, well, also uh, Fred Fry got involved too. Right. Yeah. Uh, the that was one, another big one in season two, Fred Freiberg, in case people don't know, he took mm-hmm. over the last season of star Trek. The one was like, you know, uh, space Abraham Lincoln that season. <laughs> he was part of that, but he was also, uh, uh, producer on Six Million Dollar Man, and uh, all, he wrote for All in the Family and Emergency, Starsky and Hutch, Ironside, or whatever. But mm-hmm. he takes over this season, and this whole refresh, like we're talking about, is like under his, uh, you know, producership. I guess would be the word production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, if you notice too, the set of uh, the Command Central has been refreshed. Right, right. Too, like they have a new command command control logo on the screen and the computers now use uh punch cards instead of those long like drugstore receipts that we saw in the first season right uh so i mean the whole, the whole show and even barbara bang got a new haircut so yeah like, and the all <laughs> uniforms the uniforms have been redone too they're a lot they look right. more they look more comfortable they have turtlenecks there's a lot more design going on like striping stuff stitched on them and they have name cards and there's the women have yeah. skirts with boots um, that are that are much more prominent uh, as well. It's right. 
yeah, it seemed the, a little less 2001 inspired this time. And I guess the 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 command like the center. Was, yeah, I'm sorry. The aesthetic of the first season was very 2001 inspired. Mm-hmm. Like even the numbers had that same stylized font or whatever. This seemed like they were moving away from that a little bit. Like maybe toward a more toward a Star Trek type thing. Right. Especially, I mean, they opened this episode with Helena giving a log entry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you don't get more Star Trek of an episode than that, right? No, no, right. And they um. They want, so like the command center, you said that's supposed to be underground, I guess. Now that's what the, the deal with that is. Uh, but they never mention or note where it is. But they wanted the one of the deals with going to season two was they wanted to Americanize the show more. That was part of the bringing Freiberger in. Uh, mm-hmm. Sylvia Anderson left because they were getting her and Jerry were getting divorced. Uh, so he steps in for her like Jerry's seeing stuff. But Fred's running the show. And Fred is uh, the cast is not a fan. Like he's he's causing pro- like Landau hates being on the show now with him. Uh, Bane's not too happy. Right. They're, they're having troubles. Plus, part of the agreement here too, and we'll see going forward, is they had like there's some sort of cost saving production. Um, it's like a double double episode thing. They would um, shoot mm-hmm. two uh, episodes like back to back to save costs. So you'll see a lot of heavily Martin Landau and a certain cast part of the cast in an episode and not much Barbara Bain and then a lot of Barbara Bain in an episode and not much Landau to save costs because they'd shoot them simultaneously uh, on different sets of the show uh, to get two episodes in the can during the time it would take to do one. Um, and it's that that happens here uh, through like the first eight episodes or something I was reading. Um, but yeah, Freiberger yeah. butted heads with Landau a lot to hit Landau refusing to do things. Um, there was supposed to be a, there was a scene shot, I guess, and written that, uh, explained that Bergman was killed in a spacesuit accident. And Paul, I guess that never got written or Paul and Kano were, um, on somewhere else, but you can, I guess you can figure it like it's a big ship. They're not there, but Bergman's the big presence. That's not felt, not explained. Um, he's re- totally. he's replaced by Tony Anholt, who plays Tony Verdeschi, and ooh, Vanilla. Yeah. So far, so far from what I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah. When you say that someone is Vanilla compared to Paul, that's saying something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guy's just right so, um, right away but, number two. He's like, boom! Oh, he's been here. We and yep. and you the can guy. tell. So some of these commission scripts early on are commissioned um, with the series one cast in mind. Um, and then they had to rewrite, change names. Mm-hmm. And he gets stuck with a lot of what would have right. been Bergman stuff. And you can tell. And Plus he just seems really close to. Yeah. Plus, he seems really close to Sonia the way Paul was. Yeah. Like yeah. In some scenes like like I was like, are they dating? I mean, what's going on? Mm hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, and and then another big. I, I know we keep we've been on this for a bit, but a big dynamic in this that changed for me that I totally noticed immediately was that Koenig and Helena are now a thing. They're oh like, yeah, they're like we got to get that thing going. They're get yeah, they're on it. They're they're like they are they are together. They are a couple. They uh, jumped to the future and got Brandon and Jim's notes on series one and went back and. Made some and, and also Koenig is much more commanding and less laid back. Like he is. Oh yeah. Landau is like in there, like much more forceful, much more 
in charge and much more captain-like than we saw from him in the first season. He's pulling some Kirk type stuff too, especially mm-hmm. in, we'll talk about it in season in uh, episode two. Yeah, he pulls some Kirk maneuvering in there. I'm just like, whoa, dude, that's kind of cringe. So, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> he um definitely uh, a little more commanding in this. He's not. They don't have him giving all those really uninspired, boring speeches. No, uh, that he was giving in season one. Now well, it's this- more. He's, he's more of a man of action. He's just like, we're gonna do this. The show itself doesn't have time for speeches. It's cut faster. It doesn't meander. It doesn't Mm -hmm. ponder anything. It doesn't take in time to soak in uh, a view or an impressive set or effects uh, or just have conversations about science and stuff. It doesn't want to do that. It wants to shoot, jump, run, jump scare, like show off crazy things. It's it's a different... It it really has changed. It's a... It's... It's got some of the same characters. It's got the same, you know, beginning, but it's told much differently. Um, but yeah, we can yeah. get we can and get into this this Let's episode, the Metamorph, which uh, got hey Brian Blessed has returned already. Brian Blessed, <laughs> like just wow. Okay, but uh, welcome, Gordon back. alive. He was the star of one of, I believe, you and I's favorite episodes of the last season. So that's like, okay, they knew. They're like, all right, let's bring Blessed back. Not as the same guy. Death's Dark Dominion. Yeah. Right, Uh, Death's Dark Dominion. His hair is a lot crazier in this episode. Yeah. He's a Brian He's a sci-fi Cisco meets Chris Tucker in the fifth element. That's what I had him as for for that. We also get. Uh, I just wrote, "Oh, that hair!" Yeah, we also get Anuska Hempel and John Hug uh, as Annette and Bill Fraser, who are going to be our one episode crew members that we focus on this week and never again. Uh, she's right. she was in uh, one of my fave Ham Dracula movies, uh, Scars of Dracula, with Christopher Lee. Good one. That's, uh... She was also in Kiss of the Vampire on mm-hmm. the Hammer Horror and. Yeah. Uh, she was in a Russ Meyer movie. <laughs> yes. And uh, she was also in J- James Bond on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so she's done quite a few things. And she was also on the Jerry Anderson show UFO. Oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of people come from UFO to this uh, this season, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah, we, we open with uh, that Helena star log uh when we find moon base alpha has a population of 297 currently uh it opens with a survey eagle dispatched to a seemingly lifeless planet to search for the rare mineral titanium needed to repair alpha's damaged life support systems when they locate a deposit they are called back to alpha as they leave orbit a ball of light forms on the planet and follows the eagle into space Unable now, I noticed. Uh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, uh, Brian Bless's character in this episode has the uh, everlasting gobstopper technology. Mm-hmm. Like the green everlasting gobstopper keeps showing up through the entire episode and through other episodes. His, uh, they like this special act. effect. It shows up again. Yes. Um, but unable to outrun it, Eagle One is engulfed by the light. Annette Fraser faints as her husband's eagle disappears while she watches <laughs> from command center. And that's uh that's how we open this she season. literally faints oh my god like at the commercial <laughs> oh my god and she faints and falls down i'm just like wow okay people still do that it was just, i don't know 
Yeah, and that eagle on on the recon mission is like, yo, everything's good. And it's like, oh, it's not going to be. Nope. It's never happens well. <laughs> the uh, minty is green glow Alan? swallows no. you up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is it Alan? No. Uh, then something's going to go wrong. Uh, there's a, Yeah, and I, she about fell in the newer, smaller, more claustrophobic uh, command center bridge area. And uh, yes. I... The uh, small medical bay too, right? And the the new the the uh, new season, but same old weird pronunciations with Koenig going titanium. I was like, isn't it titanium? <laughs> like, right? That's how you pronounce it. He's been in England a long time. He's kind of got that Madonna thing going on, where he's picking up the affectation, right? Titanium. He probably says aluminium, aluminium as well. I did know. I was like, oh, <laughs> Sandra's still in the crew, but I'm like, they probably forgot. <laughs> oh we didn't oh <laughs> oh with all this oh you're still here <laughs> yeah oh she probably just sat there while they built a new set and waited i also got excited with like alan fucking carter still on board oh yeah yeah you can't get rid of the rugged australian yes uh, as the Alphans, they try to determine what just ha- just what happened. They received a transmission from mentor of the planet Psycon, and he tells them that it was. Excuse a def- me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Is mentor for the planet Psycon. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. To say it the way he does. Oh. <laughs> Jim Deed starring, starring Great. in. Brian Blessed, A Life, the one-man show going on in Pittsburgh this weekend. <laughs> I better start growing up my beard. <laughs> oh. So he tells them uh, it was a defensive measure against the armed ship of an unknown intruder, but the pilots are safe, and they can send another eagle to pick them up. Uh, Koenig suggests a rendezvous in space to avoid... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You left something out here that's very important. Mm-hmm. I noticed what I was watching, I'm just like... He's sitting there while he's talking, you know, patiently with Koenig or whatever. And there was a lion. Oh, yeah. Over there. A real lion. (laughs) Like an actual, like, not a prop lion, not a fake lion, an actual lion. Yeah. Sitting on his couch. (laughs) This is true. I'm like, this guy's pretty cool. He owns a lion. (laughs) (laughs) I thought they were cutting the budget on this show. So, uh, Koenig suggests... Yeah, he suggests a rendezvous in space to avoid further misunderstandings and has an eagle equipped with extra boosters just in case. When they reach the design meeting place, Kona tries to contact Mentor's ship so they can dock. There's no answer because the ship is empty and it begins to pull the eagle down the planet. But with the additional thrust of boosters, they are able to break free. A short-lived victory as the ship turns into a ball of light and drags the eagle down the planet. They land in what looks like a graveyard of spaceships. Now, some of these ships are from the UFO show, actually. Yeah. The Red. Well, I was doing a Ooh. little bit of uh, research. Yeah, they're leftovers. Easter from, eggs. Uh, That's what the kids Thunderbirds call and UFO. Yeah, and now they're called Easter eggs. Back then, they were just like, hey, what do we got? <laughs> yes, exactly. It was like, now that, that <laughs> sort of stuff's can... intentional now. That Back then, it was like, eh, I, I, it hasn't been on the air for four years. Throw it on there. No one will recognize it. A mentor contacts and, uh, and asks them, that they wait on the ship until he's ready for them, but they decide to search on their own for their missing people. They enter a nearby cave and see the mindless husks of the beings that belong to the ships outside. They also find one of the pilots from the first eagle, his mind completely drained. Ooh, uh, mentor appears in holograph. They're like, uh, they're aliens, zombie miners. Yes. 
Yeah, and wandering the, around in the there, styrofoam cave. Right. Um, and then there's like the uh, guy. Have we seen those guys yet with like the goggle, like the in the diaper, like bug-eyed diaper soldiers? It's like they're half right? cool looking, like, but mostly not. The aliens are just really kind of weird on this show. Like they do the time honored thing that was taken up by Star Trek of just gluing stuff to people's faces. Right. But there's also like in this sequence, there's like a there's like a skinny Wookiee looking guy mm. and like a weird uh guy kind of looks like Igor with his face is is like asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's kind of a bizarre and creepy scene. Yeah. And I forgot when they were coming getting pulled down to the planet and they, they were really proud of that uh like blowing wind on Martin Landau and Barbara Bain and Alan Carter because they're like, yeah, and like pushing on their skin. Like they were because they had the extra thrusters on. Yeah. Boosters of full power. Oh gosh. It was so funny. Um, I love the, but while they're talking, when mentor is like when they're in the uh, graveyard or whatever, and mentor is like, come join me or whatever. And they are, they, he says, wait in the ship or whatever. Fraser comes out. He goes, Stop! He's lying to you! And they zap him immediately. I mean, that's such a, a trope. I just thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Mentor appears in holographic form, tell them, to, tell them to give themselves up. When Lou Picard tries to overload the circuit with the ta- with a laser, it backfires and kills him. It's like, oh, Lou Picard, we barely knew you. Lou Picard. Lou Picard. <laughs> Sean, Luke's, Sean Luke's near-do-well brother, Lou. Right. <laughs> Old Lou. Hey, he's the first Picard on a sci-fi show. They beat Star Trek to something here. Way to go. And he dies. And he dies. Uh, Mentor <laughs> captures the Alphans with a green ball of light and deposits them into yeah, holding cells. Yeah. Uh, when Koenig wakes, he sees a lioness outside of his cell. The animal changes into the Mentor's daughter who introduces herself as Maya. Now, this is Catherine Shell being introduced to the mm-hmm. cast. And we find out he doesn't own a lion. A lion is his daughter. Right. So it's different. Yeah, different kind of ownership, um, maybe. Uh, uh-huh. So she can't understand why Koenig is so unfriendly. She believes her father has been nothing behind <laughs> to them. And as she has. Sure. Yeah. He's hidden all his darker doings from her. Uh, she brings Koenig to her father so he can see the rest of his party. When they arrive, Mentor dismisses her so he can reveal his true intentions to Koenig. I know, right? Like, as, me, as soon as she leaves the room. And now, here is my evil plan. <laughs> he wants uh, to feed, like, all the... the um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, Plus, it, I wanted to mention, all his tech is, like, bong technology. It's, it like, is. It's, it's plastic tubes with clear water in it and bubbles. It's like the uh, the fizzy lifting drink uh, factory uh, site or whatever. It's just, like his computer looks like a pipe organ full of bong water. Mm-hmm. It's so well, and funny. It, and he's got this place with lots of like lots and lots of like force fields, shields, and beams that like bounce things and people around. Like lots of bouncing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I love Koenig's like, I've been lied to, assaulted, seen my people killed. Shall I go on? When he's talking to Catherine <laughs> Shell. And yeah, she uh her her morphin time thing where you were talking earlier goes into the eye and the pupil, it's like this it's uh it's definitely like a cutscene type thing. But luckily, uh, as we'll go on with the show, they don't do that every time she morphs. So that's plus I mean 
Yeah, they, they do it a lot, though. But um, I did notice one thing that would be against the Geneva Convention here is the, the shade of orange of the room that kept Koenig in. Like, that yeah. whole room is all one color orange. It's all safety orange. Yeah. I was like, is that part of his torture? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. My dad's been really been kind to you. <laughs> he's, he's the best guy. Uh, so, Mentor wants to feed the minds of the Alphans to Psyche, um, his biological computer, which in with which he dreams of restoring his planet from the volcanic wasteland it has become to the beautiful planet it once was. To course, Koenig, uh, Mentor shows him that with Psyche's power of molecular transformation, he can destroy the moon. And Koenig tells him to go ahead, that it would be better than living the, <laughs> the living death of the aliens in the pits. And he's like, destroy the moon and you defeat yourself. And uh, Mentor shows him the rest of his party hook up to Psyche. He, he starts to drain their minds while Koenig watches. Unable to endure the suffering, he tells Mentor to stop. That he will arrange for his par- people to come down to Psycon in exchange for their freedom. He contacts Alpha and tells Tony, you know, Tony Verdeshi, yeah, the new guy, to uh, start a phased You know, he was always there. He was always there. Good old Tony. They go back. There's First be- of all, the, the machine, you know, Tony's an OG. Yeah. He goes back to Earth days, right? I'm sure. Oh, yeah, totally. He was always there, buddy. Don't you know? Yeah. That is old Kentucky Shark, and he has always been here. There's <laughs> a Space Ghost reference for the three <laughs> people who could get it. Um, I really, I love the fact that, A, like I said, his uh, his entire computer, it looks like a pipe organ made out of bongs. Yeah. And two, his, his, his um, mental tra- uh, transference device looks like a giant Ikea salad bowl with an RF adapter inside it of it. It does, yes. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> It yes. comes down from the ceiling. I'm like, oh, are you trying to hook up a VCR? What's going on here? <laughs> it's It's got SP, EP, and LP recording settings. It's pretty awesome. Dude. Dope. Dude. Dope. It's totally dope. I can so get, got like... got this video output. <laughs> I, I, oh, my gosh. I can get eight episodes of Briscoe County Jr. on this thing. Um, so oh, dude, don't talk about Briscoe County Jr. Right. Yeah, I do that one next. Oh, we know it's coming. Uh, Tony questions the unorthodox nature of his decision, and Koenig quotes Directive Four as giving him the right. Now, this is a Kirk move. This is oh, a yeah. Kirk move. Total here. Kirk move. This is like this is a total Kirk move. <laughs> this is like a Star Trek script left lying around. Uh, Tony, yes. <laughs> Tony orders a robot eagle to be loaded with explosives to destroy the planet. He explains to Sandra that Directive 4 is a coded signal to destroy the source of its origin. <laughs> Sometimes hours could seem like days, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just, I, if it, blows, it also blows my mind. They have enough explosives to de- destroy the whole planet? They have, like, Death Star capability mm-hmm. on Moonbase Alpha? Really? Yeah. Wow, I, I've underestimated their their firepower all this time. Yeah. Uh, so mentor has Maya scan the eagle and discovers the pot the plot. She decides to confront Koenig in his cell. He explains that mentor has fed the minds of aliens into psyche, and she'll find proof in the caves. She looks and finds what she, <laughs> she he said was now, true. Wait, what this, she turn into an real owl, real quick, real right? Quick. This. This scene uh, she turns, first of all, Koenig's like, go to the caves. And she's like, no, he's a go to the caves. And she <laughs> keeps yelling at her, go to the caves. And then he goes, she goes down there as a dove. 
Mm-hmm. She's a white dove. Like no one's gonna notice yes. a dove flying through a mine. <laughs> yeah, they totally didn't fit the plan. I forgot. Wasn't there a part just a little bit ago where like Alan got stunned in the back and he had this like over dramatic reaction to it? He's like, oh, and like yeah. like a five point fall to the ground. It was beautiful. Well, he thinks he thinks Kenny sold him out. That's the oh, that's part. right. Like, okay, yeah. They all think Koenig sold him out because they, he tells Mentor, oh, yeah, I'm going to send a transport eagle over. Mm-hmm. But it's the eagle that's able to destroy a whole planet, which I still can't get over. Um, but, yeah, that's – but Alan's like, you bastard! You know? <laughs> like, you really betray all of them, you know? You think Alan would trust him after all this time? Right. And you think he'd like a more, like, forward and, like, dominating Koenig. Like, that'd be his guy, but – Apparently he liked him when he was very passive and uninspired speeches. So I was inspired by your uninspired speeches, sir. <laughs> uh, so shocked, she returns to the cell only to find the mentors now retaliating by blowing up sections of Alpha. Now aware and unable to support her father's actions, she releases the Alphans on Koenig's word that mentor would not be harmed. Koenig sends the others to the Eagle while Maya takes him to help her stop her father. Koenig begins smashing Psyche. Mentor begs him to stop, as Psyche's energy, if released, could destroy the planet. But his warning comes too late. Psycon is already starting to break up. Mentor is trapped in the fire and wreckage of the destruction. He tells Koda to take Maya away. Koenig struggles to get her out as she changes from animal to animal until Mentor is killed in the cave. Koenig takes her to the eagle, which is barely able to lift off as Psycon finally breaks apart. They manage to get to a safe distance as the planet explodes in a blinding flash of light, which wasn't green. Just going to say. Yeah. No, let's, let's, let's step back just a minute though. When Koenig starts smashing the pipe organ, it immediately causes volcanoes outside. Yeah. Like immediately, like they show him smashing and they cut to a volcano, like a baking soda volcano. It's like, boom. <laughs> then they show him smashing. They cut to another volcano. It's like, but I'm like, damn, it's a volcano machine too. That's awesome. Right. And then um, he's like doing all this, and Brian Bless is like, no, please stop, no, please. And it's like he's just standing there telling him to stop, right? And then um, the whole scene with him, like he's like, get my daughter out of here, yeah, but it's all on fire or whatever. Yeah. And then she changes into a condor and Kona gets to wrestle the bird right. that she changes into. Hold on. I have it listed right here. Yeah. She changes into a condor and then a, um, into a bear <laughs> and then a right. gorilla and the gorilla suit they have for her is the worst gorilla suit ever. And then Koenig's, uh, oh, and a lion too. And Koenig's stunt double has to fight the lion. And stunt double's like a good foot taller than uh, than uh, Martin Landau. It was very very obvious. So and then he has to wrestle the bear, like or the um, gorilla. I'm sorry, not the bear. And the gorilla suit is it's like uh, you know from Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. It's not a good gorilla, right? Suit no, anyway. And if you think like frail Martin Landau could take on a gorilla and hold it back, <laughs> I just I'm just like I was just. I had to literally like shake my head and hold my face. It was hilarious. It was great. That's yeah. So good. A, a great finish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We get back to um, Alpha 
And so uh, Conan consoles Helena, who's distraught on the losses of Lou Picard and Ray Torrens. Uh, they thank Maya for saving their lives. She goes, she's like, thank you for saving our lives. And she goes, and losing mine. And uh, mm-hmm. she she sobs uncontrollably, but they tell her, like, we're all aliens, right? And uh, she's devastated by the loss of her father and, and her world and worries that anywhere in Psycon, she will be an alien. But they tell her that we're all aliens until we get to know one another. And, uh, yeah, that's... The real Psycon was the friends we made <laughs> along the way. <laughs> and that's the origin story of Catherine Shell joining the cast as Maya as she comes in, which is a metamorph, yeah. A drastic shift to add something like this to the cast, but I guess the idea was they needed a Spock character to add to the cast, and they felt that she would fit the bill. Uh, is what they they I wanted see. a a person that could um that wasn't human to be there for the observations of the humans or whatnot. Um and that was right. the hope with her. Well, that makes sense. And apparently, by the end of the season of this season, they were planning on um, spinning her off into her own show. Um, that she would leave this show, and there would be a, a Maya show. Um, and they were going to um, spoilers for getting to the end of this, but you know, she here she is introduced. She was going to get a spinoff show that was going to be I. Th- think like 12 episodes and the space 90 1999 season three was going to only be 12 episodes so and they were oh, gonna wow. air different I had no idea about any of that yeah so that's that was the idea but I mean, freiberger fucked this whole thing up and really leading nobody, into that character hard right yeah freiberger fucked this up and nobody wanted to come back everybody was like done with him and done with the show by the end of this so and i hate to throw toss it on a guy and not be there knowing but all signs point to they brought someone in, someone they they all felt was talented enough and stuff, but he just did not click with what was already there. Maybe a, a good piece, but not a good situation or something. But um, that's that's what happened. His whole career is full of uh, times where, yeah, his whole career is full of times where he's come in for the last season of a show. Yeah, last season of Star Trek, last season of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, last season of Six Million Dollar Man. He plays cleanup. Make everybody want to quit. Here you go, Fred. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's back. Uh, it was different. I didn't think it was bad, but it was very not what I expect from Space 1999, kind of. Way more plot-driven. Yeah. Uh, way more plot-driven than the first season. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, a lot fewer... Uh, scientific expositional ramblings mm-hmm. uh, a lot fewer um you know service to that kind of stuff and um a lot a lot more like you said you can tell what you were mentioning it was cut for the american audience i can tell yeah. now you know now that you said that it makes perfect sense the way mm-hmm. it's like you said it's more kinetic it's more things going on it was a lot so, yeah, a lot less sure. it's, it's, into the visuals too like that's one thing i liked about this first season mm-hmm. was like it was patient and you got to like really appreciate sets and designs and just something was there just because it looked mm-hmm. cool. And I was like, all right, it looks trippy. So, but not now. It's like just a very, nope, not this time, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll, we'll be getting into more of these. Uh, we're back on track. Uh, the moon is back on track as it floats uh, through 
space. Um, but uh, that'll do it for another uh, moon buggy adventure. Uh, in the meantime, Jim, uh, where can people uh, find all your morphin things you do? All my morphin things. Uh, <laughs> every week, I am the co-host of a wonderful podcast called uh, Nothing's On with uh, professional comedian Donnie Salvo and uh, broad- and podcasting mogul D- Daryl Taylor. And we go through the week in entertainment, TV, and movie news in our own knuckleheaded and crazy way, and we have a lot of fun with it. That's available at the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. Also, the Walking Dead TV podcast. We're covering the final season of The Walking Dead. We're in the home stretch or the uh, or opening stretch of the final season. Uh, we just started it, and uh, we've been following it since the very beginning, and we are sticking with it until the very end. So check us out with us over on hhwlod.com. That's exciting. All right. Hashtag old space shift. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at brand for QHD written work. Why so blue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peters show this very week, but until then alpha out. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters show is a creative zombie studios production produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.